Welcome to Political Brothers with your hosts, Chauncey and Avery. Hey, everybody. So, Avery, it's been a while. This is season three. Basically, we went on a bit of a break just because, you know, life happens. You with school and work and me with work and family. And good to be back, though. And I yeah. do want to say, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to echo that and say it's. It's been a bit of a busy time, but hopefully we'll we'll put out a, a few good episodes and people will be interested in to what we have to say. No, most certainly. I mean, because just to reiterate, folks, the purpose of this podcast is to talk about politics, different political ideologies and views, free of judgment, and just to open and broaden people's minds and ideas. Now, some of the things we will do is speak facts like... As of right now, as we're filming this, you know, Detroit Lions are up 24-7. To anyone who's a San Francisco 49ers fan, I'm sorry. But, you know, uh, well, it's true. Detroit hasn't won the Super Bowl in their history. They haven't been to the playoffs in forever. They were like the worst team in the league. And I'm just happy that there's a little more diversity in winning teams in the NFL. Now, unfortunately, my Giants have had a few unfortunate years of just being terrible besides last year. But we'll see what happens. They had their time. They'll, they'll get it again. No, most certainly. But as it is and stands, you know, this is just all about just talking, getting to hear and, you know, just a dialogue. So that's just, yeah, go for, ahead. For this season, we're, we're going for more of a casual vibe. So we're just going to start a conversation and see where it goes. And, of course, there will be some intensity since Avery and I are both very – embedded and strong about our beliefs, but, you know, sometimes we change our opinions at the end. Avery, not so much. Me, as a, you know, as a moderate libertarian of a sorts. Libertarian? When, when did, I'm genuinely surprised by that. When did when did you label libertarianism? Well, we'll let the, the, the uh, our listeners be the judge. <laughs> but I, right, I do have enough, to say, enough. though, I do have to say, though, like, I was recollecting about COVID, the COVID years, and it feels weird how fast we everything got back on track. And looking back at it, it's just a marvel of how far we've come since the pandemic. Like, you know, you see, like, if it's COVID, Paxlovid, you know, from Pfizer. It's just it's interesting to me how COVID's just regular now. I know you got COVID. Oh, it's okay. Just take Paxlovid. You're good. And, yeah. you know, it's just funny how far we've came. Yeah, I mean, ultimately to me, I still stand by that I don't think our response was correct. I still think we should treat, I feel like people treat COVID more like it's cold, but still for a lot of people in certain situations, like if you're immunocompromised, if you're older, it's still very threatening. There's a lot of long-term effects, even in younger people still, like long COVID. There's not really much evidence that, COVID's gotten weaker in terms of the prevalence of those negative side effects. And, but it's whatever, like society is what it is. And so this is where we are. So like, I think one change I've noticed often 
is people wear masks more than like I, before COVID. I never saw another American wearing a mask, like honestly. And now I think every day I see some people wearing masks for whatever reason that they want to. No, and I encourage it's, it's, mask wearing, but but yeah, I don't know. It's just, it, that's a dramatic change for I think the U.S. No, exactly. The only thing that I miss about COVID times is how clean stores were and restaurants. Now it's like everyone's just slacking off, and it's like. You know, if we cleaned like we did before, COVID wouldn't have, or other illnesses wouldn't have progressed this far. But now everything's kind of getting relaxed. I mean, but I think this will be the perfect time to talk about that. Sure. Obviously, it's election year. You have sure. Biden, Harris, running for the Democratic Party, uh, Donald Trump, and uh, Nikki Haley running for the Republican Party. Mind you, not as. Obviously, Harris is Biden's. Yeah, not running. Race. Yeah, yeah. And Key Haley and Donald Trump are both running for the Republican nomination with Trump ahead and with as many votes he's got gathered so far. Obviously, there's a lot of been a lot of developments over the last few weeks. Basically, 2023 for Donald Trump was about indictments and basically just trying to ruin his reemergence into politics and for a run in 2024. And then as as of right now, because something that was interesting is that, for example, in the Georgia indictment of Donald Trump, it's interesting to point out that there was evidence came to light that the prosecutor for Donald Trump's case was actually having a secret affair with the DA. So now what that puts in into whatever happens, obviously, you know, not just Donald Trump's indictment we're talking about, but we're talking about every person that that prosecutor case that he tried is now in jeopardy. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I know that the Georgia Senate is starting an investigation into what happened between the DA and the, and the prosecutor. And as far as the other indictments that Donald Trump has, a couple other states, it'll be interesting to see how those transpire as well. But I do want to point out, if I may, that the main difference that I see, because let's be honest, when Hillary Clinton committed her email scandal, the, the Republican Party, the Trump administration, they could have went after her. She could have been indicted and sentenced. Instead, they went, hey, we're going to bygones be bygones and move forward. It's interesting to me how the Democratic Party won't even let that happen. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that anyone who commits a crime should be let it slide. I just find it interesting how all of a sudden nothing happened, nothing happened all these years, but now every all the indictments that happened in 2023, the year before the election year. I just oh, well. find the, the time, I just am trying to say that I find the time and not to be a conspiracy theorist or nothing, but I just I say, I just think the time is just very interesting. So, I, okay, so I'll speak on a few things that you talked about. The prosecutor thing, I've, I've not heard about. I just, I just looked it up to read like a short bit about it. I mean, that's that's just a stupid mistake. I, I don't think that has any bearing on the legitimacy of the case, but I understand in the public eye that makes it look suspect. I guess we'll see what that development is. I, I believe procedurally that won't invalidate the case. It's not like it's going to throw it out or anything, but it. If and, and and at the worst, they just have it appealed to a higher court. 
to review well, the- I, it, well, but that's the thing, though. Whenever there is a special relationship that's hidden between a DA and a prosecutor, like those two, like obviously the prosecutor works for the DA's office, right? But the problem is, is that it causes collusion, misrepresentation, things like that that shouldn't transpire. And as a result, where you can get mistrials and things like that. Because as we know, the DA, I believe her name is Jane Willis. Avery, uh, what, what's her name? It's, you're right. It's Willis. Give me one. They just refer to her as Willis usually. Give me one okay, second. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Fanny Willis. Fanny Willis. Fanny, Fanny, sorry, not Jane. So DA, Fanny Willis, very opposing of the, and now spoken about the Trump administration. So, th- so I'm just saying that everything happens for a reason. Misconduct, misconduct. She herself, well, I guess, I, I, I can guess. see. Hold up, she herself, I can see, ended up resigning because that is gross misconduct, especially because she is a superior to the gentleman, and just causes a lot of. It just puts a lot of things into question. I think is a valid point, right? I I don't think. I think it's an inappropriate use of power. Like you should never have relations with basically anyone at work, honestly, but especially in government. But the thing is, at least to my understanding, the DA and the prosecutor, they work on that case together. It's not like the DA is presiding over the judgment of that case. It's up to an independent judge. So, I mean, personally, I don't really think it it impacts the case. I think there's standards that we have that, you know, maybe they want to remove Willis or whatever. But ultimately, the court case is fine. It's still as sound as it was prior. Because the pro- the prosecutor and DA's relationship doesn't impact the judge. If it was something like the judge was having relations with the prosecutor, of course that would be different, right? Um, no, exactly. But well, let's let's just say because that, like I said, this is developing. We'll see what implications there are. Just want to bring that up a little bit. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Because something that you and I were talking about the other day was was how essentially when Joe Biden was elected. He was like, it's like the parallels, right? Like Joe Biden's elected, he's deemed a a competent president with an incompetent vice president, right? And then with Trump and Pence, Trump was deemed as incompetent and Mike Pence was was deemed as competent. So, you know, it's like a flip-floppy parallels. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think those assessments are accurate. If Trump was more competent in office, at least when I say competent, I mean, like, I don't mean like an IQ thing. I mean, like competent as a legislator, as a politician in terms of setting out his agenda and accomplishing that agenda. He, he would have accomplished more during his presidency for the outcomes that he wanted, because ultimately during the Trump presidency, besides some foreign affairs stuff, he didn't really accomplish much, even with a Republican majority the entire time. And Biden is facing like a similar issue. I don't even think it's due to, I mean, Kamala Harris is whatever, but now he, he's, he's having, he's, he's had some good bipartisan accomplishments, but the House and the Senate are basically disabling him from being able to do anything. And so you have this where, if I may, I'm sorry to interrupt, if I may, because I want to stick with your point there. Well, we future point about Trump making on not many changes. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 categor- yeah, and, and, he categorically didn't. 
I mean, I well, know a lot but, of people don't like does, that, but... So this source so this comes from the White House archives. I mean, this was published in 2021. Essentially, you're looking at unprecedented economic boom. That's not something hold on, hold on, let me, hold on. That's not let something me, he did, though. Let me, let, me, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Because I'm going to also do Biden. Okay? I'm doing both. I'm being fair. Hold on, hold on. Just as a disclaimer to all our listeners, I could go either way. I can vote for Trump. I can vote for Biden. Preferably, I didn't want another Trump White House. But, uh, but as it appears, it's either going to be Nikki Haley or Trump, but more favorably Trump. So sure. something I want to point out, though, was before the virus, COVID, the United States gained 7 million new jobs. This is just piss poor time and, uh, because the phone I was using to look up the stats died. <laughs> Okay, so so actually, I I wanted to bring this up because I, it'd be interesting to hear your perspective on it. One yeah. of the reasons that a lot of people, so you talk about the economy. One of the reasons a lot of people, so so first off, the economy is completely out of the hands of the president. I don't know why Americans continue to misrepresent that the economy can be good, it can be bad. The president can be an alien; it doesn't matter. They don't have any control over that. They have like very minor control. Well- but, it but just to reiterate, but, but the but stock market is not representative though, of the the average American's salary, their their job approval, etc. But to reiterate, though, some one thing that besides anything that can economical, something like not saying like oh jobs or increase in salaries for for Americans, but for example, Trump did get a tax relief for the middle class that. It was a past of $3.2 trillion in historic tax relief. It reformed the tax code. Basically, sure. it was Fine. seen as it's, it's basically the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, the largest sure. tax reform package in history. A typical family of four earning $75,000 a year received an income tax cut of more than $2,000, joshing their tax bill in half. It sure, also doubled but- the standard deduction, making the first $24,000 earned by a married couple completely tax-free and doubled the child tax credit, which as soon as the child tax, I mean, I'm going to be honest, when Biden came into the office, he eliminated this tax policy, and now there is literally little to no child tax credit now on taxes. That's that's not, okay, So so two things. Yes. The he did have a tax cut for the middle class, but not effectively, right? Because that tax bill, its larger effect was to cut taxes from higher income earners and I believe it also slashed the corporate tax rate, but I could be mistaken on that. And as a result, now if the tax cut on the higher income brackets are greater than the tax cut on the lower, basically nothing's changed. More of the financial burden of paying taxes is is actually on the middle class. It's effectively a tax increase relatively. Like, yes, for like a year or so, the average American is going to see reduced taxes. But that also means they have reduced money going to any number of programs that benefited them and the people below them. Yes, Um, but one just one thing I want to say, though, for anyone that does want to look up the information, in regards to what the Trump administration accomplishments were, you will go to trumpwhitehouse.archives.gov. So I just want to, you know, reiterate, it's it's trumpwhitehouse.archives.gov. 
because here's a thing. Everything that he posted, well, that the Trump administration posted in this thing, you can easily fact check. Now, obviously, we know that, you know, there's a lot of things in here. It could be exaggerated, but looking at most of this stuff, though, to be honest, like changing, making America more energy independent, which it's factual he was doing that, you know, by building the Alaskan pipeline, which got ended, as well as changing all trades with NATO and EU, things like that. So for everyone that's listening, go to trumpwhitehouse.archives.gov to see for yourself. But but it it is true, though, that, yes, our taxes do go to pay for fixing the road, fire department, the police, things that are supposed to be available for the public, like Medicare, Medicaid, et cetera. But why is there a but, though? Like, I... Genuinely, genuinely. Hold on, hold on. I don't yeah. understand why there's I'm, always a butt here, though. Like, you no, need to... I'll be a general about it. That the fact, though, is, is that here's the thing, and it's still a fault of both the Republican and Democratic parties. They keep wanting to do tax reform, and then like, the the right says the government shouldn't be taxing as much, blah blah blah, and then the left says, oh well, we got to go get the money from the billionaires and these giant corporations. But yet, why doesn't no one fix the tax codes? What does that Both mean? Both sides talk about it. No, but that's my point. Both sides talk about it. And if you guys listen to episode, what was it, Avery? Episode two, tax reform? I think it's like three. It's one of the earlier ones. Yeah. Yeah, because the first one we talked was about uh, January. January oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So good times, right? reflections. But, excuse me, but if you guys want to get a more deep dive, Owen, go to that episode. And be focused on it. Because this episode, we're trying to really talk about the election a little bit. So we're just talking, if that makes sense, Avery. Yeah, yeah. So what what I was going to say, though, was I was just providing clarification. The child tax credit is still around. Like the Biden administration in the American Rescue Plan instituted the, like, improved the child tax credit, to my knowledge. And so, I mean... That was for COVID relief, but it, it, it brought, it helped a lot of families. So it's definitely something that the United States still has. There's, I believe, income limitations on it. So you can only make up to 150000 or something, but, or 112000 for a single, like there's income limitations to it. But I just wanted to provide yeah. clarification. Like you still, so, like if so you're filing taxes clear- this year, that's still an option. No, no, it, it's always been an option. I never said they eliminated it. You did. But, that's, I thought that's what no, you no, said. No, no, no. I didn't say. I said they cut it into nothing. But they didn't. They The Biden administration expanded upon it. They didn't cut it. That's what I'm trying so, to say. Well, so, for example, right, I'm going to look at the U.S. Department of Treasury's website. As of right now, now, this came from the American Rescue Plan. Yes, it increased the child, the child tax credit from $2,000 to $3,600 for qualified children under age 6 and $3,000 for other qualifying children under age 18. Yeah. But it had a it had a cutoff period because I know when I filed last year for my you know for my own kids it wasn't as prominent. The only thing that I can say though is that when it comes to taxation, the government needs to keep in mind inflation. Which don't sit here and tell me there's no inflation going on. Yeah, there's there's like a two point five percent. Well, I think that's what it is now. Something. Well, all I know is what I've been seeing at the grocery stores. It's it's been yeah, so, different. Sure, sure. So I don't think you. This is just. This isn't actually my opinion. It's the opinion of economists. But 
you don't really solve inflation by tax cuts. Actually, tax cuts will make inflation worse for people overall because it reduces the buy it reduces the buying power of the United States government, which is the has the largest ability to control the economy. No, of course, but and but and and one thing that I do want to add was that we need to increase trade. The United States, as everyone knows, is the greatest importer of any the world over. We import the most goods. We don't export enough. And that's one thing that the United States, and to increase web revenue, need to do. We need to export more. Because yeah, when so, you look at the Chinese, their economy is, is in a great place as it is um, right now, simply because oh, wow. they export more than they import. So, I mean, obviously, there's other things at play, like taking money from American companies, things like that, you know, government corruption, poor working standards, things like, like there's a lot of other things that contribute to it, obviously. You know, sure, it's sure. just, but one major thing that does help the Chinese economy, and they have, I think, besides Russia, they have, in the United States, they have a lot of billionaires there. You know, case point is that they have a lot of people that can make goods for a cheap price and then import it, you know, well, export it to the United States. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty well understood that the reason the Chinese economy works in this way is because they basically underpay all of their workers to a degree that's illegal in the United States, right? And like, if you were able to do that in in China, like if you enforced the same types of laws that we have here, then no, you they they would lose so much profit. I don't know if they would export nearly as much as they do. Because every product, it is true, right? Like, I agree. I wish we were producers of more things, but the United States is a leader in, in other industries, right? Like, we produce software, we produce like designs for hardware that we then outsource to be produced by other countries like China. So it's not like we, we have a lot of like a very large service industry. We have a very large software industry. We produce weapons. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I mean, that goes without saying I, the, Raytheon and company certainly aren't uh, hurting for cash anytime soon in the past 50 years. Well, yeah. one thing I, I want to say, okay, so basically we talked about a, another aspect, you know, because cause at the end of the day, I know a lot of Americans are nervous, you know, this is going to be because one, we have rise, rise in inflation. Oh, yeah, wait, you wait, know, wait the, just, the economy, just on that point, just on that point. So mm-hmm. this, is, I would, this is where I was going with this earlier. For some reason, one of the reasons Biden's approval rating is really low is the economy, which, which to be completely honest with you, doesn't really make any sense at all. Because on every economic indicator, job, jobs gained, even inflation is, is about half what it used to be a year and a half ago. All of those indicators are really positive. We're putting on mil- tons of jobs every month, like a net gain in jobs every month. It's not just like a gross increase. It's a net gain every month. Wages have increased for a lot of people. And my personal theory on it, I'd be interested what you have to, what you think, is that people were basically hurting before the pandemic, right? Like the same people who were economically disadvantaged, every single time the economy is bad for them. In other words, they're just not making enough money. They haven't seen these economic increases. They just perceive it as the economy being worse. And so they try to vote in a new president or something. I mean, the only other alternative I can think of is 
that I don't know, they're just that there's some kind of uh, media perception that the economy is bad, but all the news I hear about it is good. I just don't get it. Well, all, all I know is that, like, my opinion is, is simply that being an American citizen under the Trump administration, right? And this uh-huh. is just like looking back at my bank statements, things like that, what I used to, how much things used to cost to what they are now. It may not be, it could be just wrong place, wrong time. You get what I'm saying? Like, for example, in my opinion, I made more money under the Trump administration than I simply did with the Biden administration. I've been struggling more under the Biden administration. And that's just how I feel. Now, obviously, what's happened especially in my field of work, is that when the pandemic happened, companies started jacking up the price of their products. Why? Because of inconveniences, supply chain issues, what have you, right? Mm-hmm. Now, prices are steadily starting to drop for some items. But what we're seeing, though, is a resurgence of product increase, price increases in products, simply because we're going through two phases right now. The first phase is the great resignation where the pandemic has caused people to realize, put a different perspective on their life. Because during the the pandemic, we went through so much depth, so much issues, different technological updates. You could do like a lot of jobs do remote work. Some people never went home, never went back to work uh, in an actual office building. They're just working remotely. And then you have fans where there is simply more opportunities now for work but it's one of those things where labor is going up the reason why prices of labor is going up is because people are demanding more they want to be paid more which is understandable as a result companies are being forced to to restructure for example there's a fortune 500 company that i have a lot of friends with and i'm very i own due to the you know the nature of our podcast i'm not going to diverge that company but essentially they are getting rid of redundancies restructuring to have less managerial people why because it's more affordable because they want because people are leaving this fortune 500 company to go elsewhere why because they're getting paid more elsewhere so they want to retain employment and be able to recruit new employees. So as a result, they're increasing their wages. As a result, people are being let go. Redundancies are being eliminated. So some for the better, some for the worst. Outsourcing is also happening to, you know, places like Pakistan, India. Why? Because it's cheaper. Yeah, I so, mean, unfortunately, that's just always been the go-to plan for corporations in the U.S. Yes, but, make it cheaper but, but my, no, exactly. But my point is, is that... We're in an economic landscape where people know what they're worth. You know, turnover is high and at a lot of companies. Me, for one, I was at a point where I wanted to resign from my position because I was like, hell, I'm worth more than this. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a job of five, six people and I'm not getting paid for it. You know, I'm doing work that's above my scope of work. Why? Because I want, because I'm a hard worker <laughs> and I want my company, my team to succeed. As a result, Working hard, but my when you put my salary and then you divided the hours that I work, I'm working minimum wage. If you want to put it from that perspective, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, so basically, there's a lot of companies, there's a lot of things that are coming out there, and oh, and that's where we're at. So economically, I would love to see a candidate who can 
revise this because currently we're in a in a scope and the whole world is the same thing, you know. Lights are expensive. Gas, <laughs> gas. Thank God I went electric. So for everyone that wants to know, I'm, I'm electric guy now. So and I <clears throat> love my EV, love it. And well, even, uh, uh, you uh, know, uh, even I was just gonna say, even I was going through this list in my head the other day because I was trying to understand people's perception on this, like on the the low job approval and stuff, and like even gas prices compared to a year ago have decreased. And so, like, I mean, they're still, are they still high? Yeah, they're still high, but, but they've decreased at least. Well, well, yes, but that's where I'm saying, like, for example, the Biden administration. Like, oh, yeah, example, Biden, Trump, no, Biden Trump, he got you that, he got you that easy tax credit. Well, yeah, but what I'm trying to say is, like, for example, Trump, <laughs> as much as you hate to say it, he would have won re-election if the pandemic never happened. We both Trump? know this. Yeah, we both know this. No. No, he wouldn't. I, at least, at least I believe so. Because I, I think. Whatever, hold on, I hold on. Think let me finish. Let me finish. Oh, okay, yeah, Just yeah, like yeah. currently, Biden's approval ratings are low, and you know, and, and obviously there's a lot of factors in there too. But like for example, you know, as everyone knows, I reside in New York. We have we are a sanctuary city, and I've seen a lot of people. A lot of hotels have been taken. You see a lot of things, and basically, basically, you see a lot of things on local news about you know you won't see on national news, but there is is a tension between the residents of New York and the migrants who have come and are resigned in this city. Even our own mayor Eric Adams was stated that we have no more room, we have no more money, we can't keep taking them in, and it's one of those things where you know something that you know because the Biden administration they put a lot of their foot in their own mouth. Let's be honest. You know, for example, Camilla Harris, now you don't hear from her after this, mind you, but basically there was a point where she was like, hey, we want everyone to come, what have you. The caravans came, and then she flew down to South America, and she's like, hey, guys, America is closed, you can't come. So basically, in the span of a, of a month, she turns around her rhetoric, her, her position, and that's you literally don't hear from her that much anymore. And... It's one of those things. That is a proposed bill because I was actually watching CNN earlier and Trump was talking about it, that there's a proposed bill to have a, a cap of allowing 200,000 immigrants a year. I believe that's what it is. Like I said, folks, I, I'm not, I have to read up on it more, but because we're not here. And if there is something that we say on this podcast that is inaccurate, please let us know because we're not here to spread misinformation. Like I said, the show is not like, oh, this is X, Y, Z, you know, no. We're, it's an opinionated show, just to broaden your mind's perspectives. And, you know, we're just simply two brothers who have political differences. But all I'm trying to state is that Trump was more of an isolationist. Biden was the opposite. But now the Biden administration is walking backwards because allowing a lot of heavy immigration to come in is overwhelming the, you know, our system. Let's be honest. So my, my piece on that is largely, I don't, I think the United States as a country can definitely take even more immigrants than the number of immigrants that are currently going into the U.S. The perception that we can't is largely driven by, I hope no one takes offense to this, but right-wing media to just fearmonger people and being xenophobic. The reason I will say, hold on, I have people. to interject. If you do watch, even CNN is is just saying the same thing. 
Oh, sure. C- CNN, I hate CNN because CNN isn't like progressive media. It's not left-wing media. CNN, if anything, is almost a center-right most of the time. I um, disagree. I think, I, you know, I, I, it, it, it go, I think that, it's like in the middle. Because even uh, during the Trump CNN administration, even during the Trump administration, Trump kind of, I remember Trump's like, CNN, get out. Because the fact is, is what I'm trying to say. CNN is anti-Trump, but they're not pro-left. Let me put it that way. They don't want communist or socialist utopia. CNN is just protecting corporation interests and CNN interests for the most part. I hate CNN. Well, I, I mean, just hate mainstream media for the most part. I mean, like, for example, my wife, she finds most of her stories with independent uh, black news outlets because my, my wife is black. And the, the media doesn't focus on certain things or they don't tell the truth or they go with the left wing's perspective or, or they paint this facade. Well, that's so, what I'm saying. I, you know, I and really that's a lot. Like, I, I learn more from independent media outlets that don't get national news that mostly on YouTube or Facebook. Now, I'm not saying like the people that like, hey, welcome to my YouTube channel. No, no, nothing like that. <laughs> but, like, like, no, but he's a re- like real reporters out there that they do not want to succumb to the system that is mainstream media. Because we all know, just like a lot of people in D.C., the swamp, they they all, a lot of people have, corporations have these senators, governors, legislators in their pocket, and it's the same with mainstream media. They have major conglomerates, billionaires, millionaires in their pockets as well. So if you want to see facts, you got to go out there and do the work or look for these local people that are just like, they're, they're just awesome. They're actually getting real news. And, and, and it's a sad thing. You know, now as far as election coverage, it's, it's always interesting to see what's out there. But my thing though is, I'm, and I'm just going to say this right now before we continue, is I do see a Trump victory in the 2024 presidential election. Now, obviously, Avery, I know this will upset you, but I, I didn't look at that man. wrong, <laughs> and and I see it as happening because the problem is Avery. You know what the Democratic Party did? Even though Biden is the incumbent, I wouldn't have run, let him run again. Sure, Period. I don't disagree, but man, the Biden, if anything, he accomplished way more for Americans than Trump did. Like besides the Trump tax bill, in terms of actual legislation passed, Biden has already signed more bills into law than the Trump administration did. On top of that, like he signed a a giant infrastructure package, the largest infrastructure package, I think, in U.S. history or in like recent 20 years. And that provided a lot of money to like rural areas, like for internet coverage, for increasing internet access to rural areas and rural hospital funding and bridge reconstruction and all these things. And that, that was a bipart, well, it was, a, it was a well thought bipartisan bill because a lot of Republicans just don't like spending money at all. My, my major issue with Republicans, by the way, Chauncey, is not that they don't want to cut spending. They don't want to spend anything. It's, it's at least new Republicans. It's, it's the, the days of like 70, the 1970s Republican party isn't here anymore. I mean, I dislike Republicans for other reasons, but. Well, um, well, but what, one thing I just want to state, cause you and I did talk about this the other day as well, is every president piggybacks over some, pres- some other president or something, right? Like Trump 
Trump's economic plan was similar to Reaganomics from President Ronald Reagan. Yeah, right? yeah. And Biden's great new deal almost, <laughs> his own new deal, infrastructure, was similar to what President FDR, Frederick Downall, Roosevelt asked in the, what was it, the 30s, which basically forced infrastructure. The only difference between Biden's plan and FDR's plan was FDR cut military spending to almost nothing, which uh, did yeah, have he had to implications. Eventually walk that back, which was which, true. Well, it, which did have implications when it came to World War II, but but that's one reason why the United States won't cut military funding as much as it did back then, just because we don't want to be vulnerable like that. But you also have to agree, though, Avery, that the Biden administration is supporting two different wars that honestly has nothing to do with us. The Ukraine war, yes, it was noble that we spent, what, millions, billions of dollars in the aid to Ukraine. Military in the form of aid, food, supplies, weaponry, you know. And let's be honest, a part of that was you, the United States has always manufactured weapons and we wanted to see how they tested in battle. So the, the well, Russians actually, of- have seen American weaponry. Yeah, and then Although to add, a lot of the, the well, I'm just going to mention a lot of the weapons that we sent to Ukraine were just kind of sitting in stockpile. They were going to be decommissioned in the next two years anyway. It's not like they, we, it's not like we sent them new. It's, we didn't manufacture weapons for them. We just sold them weapons that we already had. Well, but yeah, but we never really used some of them in combat. Yeah, and, and God forbid that we, we. It's good that we didn't. I don't like when Amer- I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm not pro war or anything. There's definitely things about the Biden administration I hate. Like, I wouldn't have chosen, if I could choose any person, I wouldn't have chosen him. But if it's him versus Trump, then yeah, I'm, I'm, it's not, okay, let me put it this way. If Trump was in office, we would still be giving Israel money. I don't know about the Ukraine. What are you talking war, about? The Biden administration is still giving Israel money. They're the uh, ones who yeah, are yeah, supplying. No, no, yeah, the, yeah, hold saying... on. They're the ones supplying the blockade for pa- the Palestinians, yeah. which I do want to, since you brought that up. I do well, want to well, go into I'm, that a little bit. I think, you, I think you misunderstood what I meant. I'm saying if Trump was president right now, we would still be giving aid to Israel. Like we'd still be wasting money on that if that was an objection of yours. That's what I'm saying. I feel like there's some people it, I've heard that said like if Trump was I, president, we wouldn't have be giving the money. That's not true. He, he's the one truth, that moved though, the, I, I the, think. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Got on the truth though with how the Palestinian Israeli war is going on right now. Well, really, it's the Hamas versus Israeli war. It could go into the election, and then we'll see if, if Trump does win. We'll see what he does. But, And I just want to make something clear, folks. I'm anti-genocide. I, I, I believe, because Avery and I, we do come from a Jewish faith. Father's side of the family is very Jewish. He just didn't end up going that route. So, like me, myself, I'm Christian. Avery is, uh, what, atheist this week? <laughs> It's not uh, this week. What do you mean? I know, I know. I'm, I'm just Josh. But the fact, though, is is that I, I, a rabbi that I spoke to the other day put it this way. You can't be Jewish and a Zionist whatsoever. And for those that don't know what a Zionist is, they believe that Israel is Israel. That's it. There's no compromise. I, I don't like how everyone's grouping Jewish people with the Zionists. And it's like, you know, how some Americans grouped every Muslim with jihadists they're different but Mm -hmm. the fact though is that me personally i hate hamas and i hate 
the, how do I put it, regime of the Israeli nation. I, I mean, believe that Israel, be hold on, hold on. I be believe honest. that Israel, like I believe in Israel, I support the real Israel, not the Israel of politics, but the Israel of scripture. You know, the Israel that is, is, is because God and, 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 um, the God of the Christians and the God of the Jews does not condone this sudden thing. I don't believe in the murder of women and children of innocent civilians. I don't enjoy the tactics of Hamas. Both sides have committed war crimes, in my opinion. Because at the end of the day, you know, Hamas does their thing. The Jewish, the, the Israelis are doing their own thing. But I will state this. There is a way to make peace in the Middle East. Because when you look at the foundations of Islam, and Judaism, they're brother, sister, sister religions. They both can't eat pork. Shellfish is, is frowned upon. You know, they, they, they believe in modesty for women. They, 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 they're very traditional. You know, they all have the Quran, the Torah, almost one the same. And I know that's blasphemy if any side heard that, but look, it's facts. The problem is, though, is that it's a land dispute. Palestine needs to be its own state. I believe we should be tired of the, done with the war. Divide the state of Israel down the middle. One side Israel, one side Palestine. That's it. Well, you know, the, the interesting... I mean, I know there's more uh, regional economics and, 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 and cultural things that take effect of it, especially because Jerusalem is home to three major faiths, Christianity, Judaism, and, and Islam. But the fact, but the fact though is, and part of my my voice, folks, <laughs> just uh, having a little bit of voice box issue. But but the fact though is, is that there's a way to find the right side, and I believe that we need to stop the blockade. Right? We need to support Israel. Yes, against Hamas. Yes, but we need to stop the murder of women and children and innocent lives on both sides. Period, point blank. Now, there has to be a way to do it. It's, you know, but I don't like the answer of, well, it's war. Hamas is hiding under school, under civilians. So they're just collateral damage when a life is not collateral damage. There's a way to go about it. Period. Yeah. I mean, we've learned from the United States long, decades long attempts to annihilate certain groups in the Middle East, like Al-Qaeda, you don't do it through warfare. It doesn't work. You can't annihilate, you can't bomb an, an, an ideology. If, in fact, acting militarily, let's take, because I've heard parallels to this. Let's take 9-11 for an example. So 9-11 was a terrible event that happened here, right? It's probably the, the, the defining event for the United States of the 21st century. Our geopolitics are defined by it. A lot of Americans' perceptions of other countries and foreign affairs is defined by it. But that event did not, the America's response to that event did not make any sense. And a lot, we now have more data now than ever that it didn't make any sense. Just bombing the heck out of random places in the Middle East, trying to get a, a needle out of a haystack is not an effective way to prevent that thing from attack from happening again, because you know Israel had a choice, right? Israel had the same exact choice that we had, and they did. They they chose the same political strategy that George Bush did after 9/11. He said, or Netanyahu, for instance, instead of actually trying to solve the problem, I'm just going to kill a bunch of people, and that will satiate people at home. 
because people don't actually want to solve the problem. They just want revenge. And at this point, like it's, it's, it's just ridiculous that we would commit the same mistakes throughout human history again and again. If you think all the way back to the Crusades, the hatred Christian popes had for Muslims, and then we go all the way to now where we're basically doing the exact same thing. We're just having this cycle of, of violence and, and revenge because every Palestinian child who lives, and I hope they live, who witnessed their parents getting blown up or family members dying is going to do the exact same thing, potentially, that uh, jihadists did like in joining Al-Qaeda. They watched their families getting murdered by the United States. So you're not going to grow up with a positive impression of Israel or the United States or whomever if those powers that be killed your family and destroyed the place that you live in. I know, I know for a lot of people, it doesn't make sense because we don't grow up with a lot of compassion. At least I think that's the case in the U.S. We don't grow up, you know, hearing more about how to respond compassionately. But the October 7th attack is bad. It's, of course, a, a tragedy. Uh, it's a violation of human rights, just like any terrorist attack is. But Israel's response is a genocide. And there's no, there's, there's not even any hiding it behind the Netanyahu administration, who's pretty direct that they, they just want to kill as many Palestinians as possible. And all the Palestinians wanted was to just be able to be in Israel under as citizens, but instead they basically have an apartheid state. And if you disagree that it's an apartheid state, I would just recommend people look up the look into the history of South Africa and realize that it is. It's a really I know this is a really touchy issue for a lot of people in the US based off of like media representations of Palestinians and then the conflict and also I feel like people don't want to, to disagree with Israel's actions because they think that that makes them anti-Semitic because a lot of people in the media say that's the case and that's not true. Like Chauncey well, was saying, and, like, you, can, and, you can be anti-Zionist but not anti-Semitic. No, exactly. Yes, thank you. Because <laughs> this is like one of those things, folks, where Avery and I have some agreements. Me, me personally, this the reason why we're talking about this is because it does play a major role in the 2024 elections because currently, like I said, this conflict's been going on since the creation of the state of Israel in 19, what was it, 46? I don't know it off the top. And which was a sloppy job by the British because that was British owned land during the time. And they just did a sloppy job of it. But my opinion, Avery, you do have a point where generations, like for example, the reason why we see less hate crimes nowadays is just because it was literally our concept our teachings changed for example when jackie robinson first played major league baseball with his white teammates there were people that were fans of them even on the opposition that were saying oh derogatory remarks even the kids why because they see their father doing it they're seeing their mother doing it being mm-hmm. a friend doing it. But but the fact is, is that over time, passion and understanding and the willingness to learn cause changes. Now, today, and I and my wife will be on the show sometime because she has a lot more understanding. And ever since meeting her, she taught me so, so much. And, and I didn't realize how ignorant I was about being a Black American and the struggles and the different cultural uh what's that word i'm looking for well 
basically there, there's all, even in the black community there there's there's opposition to different types of being a, a black american being black period from children that are mixed race to how you know they they view black americans and africans who immigrate to america even caribbeans that immigrate to america so that, so even in their own community there is tension but what I what I do want to say though is that when it when it boils down to is that the same thing with with the Middle East you have all Muslim countries in division then they have division within themselves like Iraq had division between the Shiites Shiites I believe they're called and the Sunnis even in years ago in Uganda you had the Tutsis and the um, Houthis I think. Hootis, Hutus, or Hutus, I believe Hutus in the in the in the in the, in the uh, I forgot their names, the, the Tutsis. So it seems that when there is a way for trying to, I, and I think a part of it's human nature, where we have to be better than someone else. At one point in America, white people were we are better than minorities. Why? Because we're white. And now we're in a world where it's fair game. Everyone has the same, for the most part, resources. Now, the only difference, though, is where you come from, whose money you have, what connections you have. I'm I'm a big believer that communism was a great idea on paper. Everyone's fair. But you know what ruined communism? The the uh, the animalistic tendency that one person has to be superior to the other, the greed of power. Otherwise, communist is, is a great idea. We all share, we all benefit, we all prosper. Kumbaya, yeah, I would get on board with it, but unfortunately, it's flawed. It's failed. That's why I don't today. Think that, <laughs> I mean, to to push back a little bit on that, I, I think I'll just be very brief here. All communism is is democracy in the workplace. That's it. Things don't all, you know, it's just saying like, if have you ever worked a job and you felt like your manager was an idiot that gets paid $140,000 or whatever, and you're only making 60000 a year, and you're like, why, does he, why do they get paid so much more than me, even though I generate more value for the company? Communism would say, you're right. That's stupid. Because capitalism is the way that we currently have it, where very, very few people own the majority of wealth and power. And I do agree with you, John. I think, I think that's an interesting analysis in the sense that if you grow up in a capitalist system, you will think like a capitalist all the time. You know, when it comes to how you resolve conflicts, everyone will drive to, because that's a system you've created. Everyone's going to want to be the powerful person and to own all the things. So you can be the best capitalist you can be. You, you don't have to work anymore if you own all the money, right? You can pay other people to work for you. In a communist system, it would be like, well, you get the amount of money that you put in for work, right? And there's people can look into this if they want. There's examples, even in the United States, of like effective communist co-ops. That's I, I just wanted to defend it there for a little bit. I won't go on a tirade about it. And we all appreciate that. Because, <laughs> no, but no, but you do raise some points. But, but oh, I'm saying that at the end of the day, the sense of community, like, because even my wife the other day, you, you know what she told me that was interesting? What? She said that when it came to the black community, they they were thriving in segregation more than they are with integration. 
Not that she's for segregation, but the fact, though, is, is that the black community, period, was thriving before integration. I don't think that's they had true. Their own businesses. No, no, because think about it. Because think about <laughs> no, it. No, I think that's not true. <laughs> well, no, well, well, like I said, my wife true. will be on the show, and she'll talk more about this. But, but unless, basically... unless she's talking about Tulsa. Which is which is correct, and then we and then the United States decided to just destroy Tulsa. All I'm trying to say is this: when it, when it boils down to this, right? Because I don't want to get into a topic because my wife's the expert, I'm not the expert. Okay, sure, sure. I, It'd be I am both white now. Americans, and so it's not my place to 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 make these points, right? I can just share share a little bit of opinion, some insight, what my wife's taught me. But the fact of is, is that. I'll come on the show and you guys can duke it out <laughs> in regards fair to this. But, if I, but I will, but I will say this. Be careful. <laughs> Look, we'll, but, we'll but, throw barbs at each other. It's good. It's all good. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but the fact, though, is this, right? So the, the point is this. How children are raised, how they're educated, how the community system is, that's what you're going to get. Yep. And when and to, to jump off of what you're saying about, yeah, human history, if you read when I was little, I was like, why well, elementary school, middle school, I was a kid in my class said, asked my teacher, what's the point in learning history? And he just said, so we don't make the same mistakes. And unfortunately, history is an abysmal example of humanity never learning from their mistakes. The only thing they've learned is not to drop any bombs of nuclear or atomic or hydrogen onto one another. But the fact remains is that history is constantly repeating itself. And I feel like when you remove the labels of Israel, Palestine, jihadist, American, when you remove everything and you look at just humanity, you will see who is truly being humane and who is not. And the fact is, and simply is, is that we have to be in a place where we can have peace. And it's, and because that's the thing that's, because here's the thing, right now we are in a war with the planet, right? The humans are destroying the planet, but the humans are also destroying themselves. And just a, just a little side note for all those, everyone watching the 49ers Detroit game, uh, it's tied up and it's in the fourth quarter on what my update is. And, you know, I got to say, if Detroit loses this one, that's embarrassing. I'm sorry. But whatever. That's all fair in, in, in the game, you know. If you throw, you throw. You run, you run. But do you get my point, Avery, that I'm trying to yeah, make? Yeah, no, I, I, I understand. I, I, I agree. I think we, we've learned from a lot of our mistakes, but this is a topic for another time, but the world's a very big and scary place, right? We we come out of the womb basically knowing nothing, and we're expected to learn how this whole society works. If our education system doesn't do a good job at educating, then we we won't get anywhere. Like, I remember in my history class, like AP U.S. History, we didn't really spend a lot of time talking about the 1960s to recent, right? But we spent a really long amount of time talking about everything before then. And I'm not saying that history is not important, but honestly, I kind of care more about the last 50 years than the the 150 years before the 50 years in recent memory, because that's the stuff that just happened. I need to know about that. I feel like I didn't learn anything. I learned that Martin Luther King Jr. was a guy. 
and the Vietnam War and Korean Wars happened and who was responsible, blah, blah. But that's just the Sparknotes version of that period. And it's only until I started doing my own educating on this in my 20s, like post-college and in college, that I started to have a better understanding of those things. I always encourage people to look into that that more recent history more and to, to borrow something you said from earlier not from like a shady youtube channel but like like real sources and varied sources and stuff but yeah i mean i think on that note i don't know how you're feeling about the conversation but maybe we should start to wrap it up no i agree full heartedly because at the end of the day this is season three episode one the title for this <laughs> We'll have a good one talking about it because simply put is that we, we touched up bases on a lot of things, which I do want to expand on future episodes, such as being black in America, the Israeli Hamas Palestinian conflict, 2024 presidential election, which you hear, you heard it for your folks. Avery says Biden will win. I say Trump will win. Who knows if it depends on what happens in the Republican nomination? Because for all we know, that Nikki Haley can make a bounce back. I mean, she's hanging in there; she's still in the race. That would be a miracle for her. You never know. You never know. I mean, the the problem though is, is that I think she could be a good candidate. She has some interesting policy ideas. But let's be honest: the American people, I feel, want a rematch of Biden Trump. As much as we love it, we hate it, just like we did the last time. But the fact is, in, in my opinion, Joe Biden was elected to be the savior of the soul of a nation. And I do not see that soul of a nation being saved. It's a tough job. It's a tough job to fix the soul, especially when it's so it, hard to find. It, it's, it's a tough job. It's a tough job. Okay. <laughs> it bro, is. Bro, bro is in his late 70s. Got to give him some credit. Okay. Geez. And all, imagine back in the day, you could. You can leave your dogs on doors unlocked. You can just go wherever. A burger was like a quarter. A Coke sent them the dollar. I mean, geez. To now where we at. And, and, and that's something I also want to talk to you too. We would love to have an episode about inflation. Dive into that more because as you as a lot of people see, you know, where the housing market is. The American and then of course, you know, that also goes into is the American dream still real? You work all your life, you pay your taxes, you buy a house, you die. Is that still real? Well, or is it just a fantasy? The, at least the dying parts. <laughs> That's always going to be an option. I don't know about the making money at the end. Uh, no, but, yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I do want to put, uh, God rest her soul, I do want to dedicate this first episode to our dearly departed grandmother who was gone way too soon. But, you know, because I think she would have loved that you and I are doing this again. And uh, but other than that, folks, so we'll get into all these different topics. If there's a topic that you want to know, stay tuned. We will be releasing our links for our email as well as our various channels that we are starting to run up. YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, what have you. And even Twitter, or is it called X now? I don't know. I'm not a Twitter guy. But the fact, though, is we're starting some pages. You know, we're going to start doing some content on those as well and for now thank you guys so much yeah thank you guys see you soon until next time now don't you fall asleep on me.